0: Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jerick Huff, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start, though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jerickhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey team. So last week I was talking with a colleague of mine and we were talking about staffing their school and they were going over some things with me. And I was pointing out a few things. And then I realized, hmm, you're not the best staffer. And I think sometimes because staffing is such a complex thing, we don't think about all that goes into it. And when we staff our school, you know, one of the things that I kind of asked, which seemed like a really basic question, but I was like, who's responsible for this? And I know that seems like an obvious question, but it's really not. And the reason why is because depending on your organization, your school setup, company, whatever it may be. However, it's set up. Sometimes you may be able to hire for everything within your school as you may have complete autonomy. And then sometimes you may um, have a corporate situation or someone from the outside come in and hire for you. And even with that, I mean, you may not even be the person that's hiring. Um, I'll say when I was a director, um, this, one of the schools that I was at was a really large school where I had over 60 teachers, it was a lot going on there. We had like 400 kids enrolled and I actually was not responsible for hiring. I actually had my assistant director be the person that was responsible for hiring. Um, as that was one of her job tasks because I had so much on my plate. So that wasn't a obvious, ridiculous question, but you know, you have to think about who's responsible for hiring and you have to actually know what you're hiring for. And of course, this means knowing your classroom ratios, making sure that you know your class capacity size. But along with teachers, are you looking for a lead teacher, assistant teacher, um, kitchen staff, kitchen staff one, two, driver, maintenance? Can you combine jobs? Can it be a cook and a driver? Just kind of depends. So you really have to know what you're hiring for, trying to get the bang for your buck for whatever you decide to do. Once you kind of figure out how and what you need to be kind of fully staffed, you have to build a schedule. And for me, when I do a schedule, I like to have it at least a week out, preferably two, but not always the case, but at least a week in advance. And I have to think about the holidays that are coming up. Um, Are you closed on those days? Are um, Are you open and other places closed? Uh, Think about the K-12 schools because their schedule will impact you, not just if you have a before and after school, but let's just say like spring break just passed for us. So within spring break, we lost a lot of children because we have lots of teachers that use our facility. And along with that, some people have siblings, so they may have or their children have siblings. So they may say, hey, we're going on a family vacation and school is out, so All of those things are going to impact how you do your schedule. And then think about even call-out days. Yes, there are unofficial call-out days. For me, what I've learned over the years is payday tends to be a day where people want to call out. So I try to schedule a little heavier on payday. I find it interesting that on payday you call out and then go spend all your money and then be upset next week when you don't have any. And then you have to come to work every day and then you do the same cycle again for the payday for the next payday. It makes no sense. Um, and Mondays tend to be a day where people call out a lot as well. I guess people are hungover from the weekend and they come up with all kind of excuses. Oh, I'm sick. Everybody's sick on Monday. <laughs> no, You just want a three day weekend. But Friday's payday for us, because for me, I've always had a payday on a Friday and mondays tend to be a day where people will call out um continuously also holidays people tend to call in after holidays 4th of july is one christmas tends to be one labor day not so much memorial day sometimes but not really too much but new years as well new years is another good one where people will call out afterwards so you have to have incentives to bring them back like holiday pay and all that fun stuff but anyways for me when i'm doing my schedule i tend to overstaff on mondays uh because mondays is a call out day so instead of me just going oh everyone called in and i'm in a bad situation i prepare in advance and try to get everyone to come in as much as possible if you have an extra substitute list or people on call, have them come in on Mondays. And then I create a wish list actually for who wants to go home early. That way they come in. If we have too many teachers, it's like, hey, whoops, too many people, which I'd rather have too many than not enough. And then I just kind of ask who wants to go home. And it's a perfect time to get some of those random things done, go through cabinets, um, little things like that. Uh, and since teachers are combined, usually early in the mornings anyway, um, it, it really depends on the time that you decide to open up your classrooms. For me, I like to open up classrooms about eight. But some of that is going to be the turn on your drop off time. So what is your heavy drop off time? Right now, I have one school where the heavy drop off time is like 745 and it feels like everybody gets there at the same time. And then I have another school where it's a little earlier at 730. And then I have another school that's like a little after 9. They're all kind of different. But either way, I try to make sure that all classrooms are open between 7.30 and 8. Preferably 8, but if it's an earlier drop-off time, then um, 7.30 preferably. But that should be kind of universal all around. But check your drop-off times. Make sure that your rooms are ready and open for when you have all of those children that come. And then when I do open the classrooms, I always want to have my lead or main teachers. Um, they need to be there majority of the day, the the educational part of the day. When the kids are there, when the classrooms are the fullest, that's when I schedule those amazing teachers that I can't do without. To me, it doesn't make sense to schedule this amazing teacher at six in the morning or whenever you may open, and maybe five, Ugh. whenever you decide to open. have them scheduled that early in the morning um, because you're wasting their talents on three or four kids at 6 a.m. when you first open and then you don't get another kid to seven and they're not doing that much because majority of the time everyone is pretty much doing free play or exploration time at that time anyway so it's just a waste of their talent so if you have this amazing teacher um and they're your lead teacher, they need to be there like typically an eight to five or seven thirty to four thirty or some type of situation like that. Um, whether you give an hour lunch break or thirty minutes, depends on how your schedule is. But oh, and sidebar. Because of the way that I do my schedule, I don't like doing new hire training on Mondays. And I don't even usually do interviews on Mondays because Mondays can be chaotic between people tending to call in on Monday. You also tend to have new starts on Monday. So you're probably short staffed on top of getting new families. And then you're trying to impress them, show you how great your facility is in the middle of the chaos. I I tell everyone my day is organized confusion. You are organizing the confusion throughout the day. So the last thing you need is to have interviews coming in going, hi, I see that you're busy, but I'm here for an interview. Or, hi, I'm here for new staff training when you're already short three people and you don't want to give them a bad training. So I usually do those on Tuesday. Like, don't even bother me on Monday. Let me get a chance to get this week together and then I can handle y'all on Tuesday. But I just wanted to throw that out there. And depending on the size of your school, when it comes to scheduling people off. Um, like at, So you can do it to meet either or two different ways. If you're a smaller school, I wouldn't, I would not schedule anyone more than one day off, um, at a time because you just don't have that many teachers. If you're, if you are at a school that has multiple teachers, like I would say over maybe possible 30 teachers, then I wouldn't schedule, hmm, I would schedule off by classroom or quad. So let me explain what that means. I would schedule in a way where I wouldn't let someone off. I wouldn't let two people off that's in the same classroom or in the same quad, if that makes any sense, meaning I would only allow one infant teacher to be gone, one one year old teacher, one two year old teacher, one preschool, one pre K. I would do it that way if I have larger numbers, um, but if you have, like I say, if you're at a smaller school, I would say no more than one off a day. Through all of this, don't forget about your managers as well. They are a part of your schedule and they're going to help run your schedule. How are you scheduling your managers throughout the day? I guess it depends too on how many managers that you have. Some places have an opening manager, a closing manager, and maybe a director. There are some places that may have seven or eight managers. I had a school where I had eight managers, so it was a lot. But the schedule was based off of the needs and what was best for the building. And you, as a director, are part of that schedule as well. What part of the day are you coming? I always recommend that a director at least opens one day a week, closes one day a week, Just so you can kind of see what's happening in the morning. You can see what's happening at closing. And then you work mid because you really want to catch those parents at drop off and pick up. Uh, Because, you know, they're going to talk to you at pick up. Oh, geez. They, They talk to you at pick up. But your schedule as a manager, as a director is just as important as the teachers as well. And don't forget about that. So and with that, we'll be right back. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So I decided to write a helpful guide, best practices for center program and activity directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find best practices for center, program, and activity directors by Jared Cuff on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. People don't realize that we are actually rebuilding education as a whole right now. That is one of the negative effects of COVID. Especially for early childhood education. It has been and is going to continue to be a journey. I do not know where all the seasoned teachers went. Like all the teachers that been around for years. It feel like when COVID came, they just left. Like I don't know if they work for Amazon. I don't know if they said I had enough of this shit. They are just gone. And... It is very frustrating at times. It is very, very frustrating because we are starting from scratch. We are starting all over again as a whole. And I'm finding it interesting that people that are tending to apply, that want to come into ECE, into the field, um, there, there's, there tend to be two different types. There's the, I've always wanted to be a teacher. And then there's the, this is actually my first real job. And the first, the, I've always wanted to be a teacher. There's some really good qualities about them because they have work experience. They tend to be a little more mature than the younger ones, than the younger teachers. Um, They have more of a work ethic, or they should have more of a work ethic at this point. And they overall understand how work works. That sounds funny. Work works. They understand the concept of you got to come in. You got to, you know, clock in. You got to get your stuff ready. This is your responsibilities. But on the other side of that, they tend to just know it all. I've been working and I can do this and I can do that. And especially if they came from somewhere else outside of education, it's kind of like, you can't do that. Uh, You can't say that or like why would you do that you find them not knowing what they think that they know Um, and it's sometimes it's really hard to break habits with them and especially the ones that have said i've raised kids oh i've raised kids and i can do so and so just because you raised your kids and you put them in therapy does not mean that you can do the same thing here Um, you cannot do what you do at home with these children here unless you you just can't it Unless you're, going to, unless you're about to fight somebody because you yelling at your kids and spanking your kids and threatening them. You can do that at home, but you can't do that shit here. I just want to make sure I'm clear about that. But then on the contrary to that is the this is my first new job. And they're kind of the opposite where they don't have old habits. They don't have things that we're trying to break um they don't question training in a i know better mentality way kind of like when you're training them they just go along with it and they're a little more absorbent they're like oh, okay got it oh, okay and it's not so combative sometimes we're can we do this it's like you can you, i think we've been in those situations where we work with people and we're just like yeah you're just being difficult they tend to don't do that with the with, on their first job. And they, they, they come in with excitement. Like, oh my God, this is my first job. I'm super excited. OMG. But they lack experience. And that is so important because they're immature. They don't understand the concepts of how work is supposed to work. They don't have, really, a lot of them don't have work ethic to understand that. You have responsibilities. You have a job description. This is what is expected of you. And they tend to be a little bit entitled. I'm not, you know, going off on this tangent about social media, but they have this fantasy where I'm going to come in and I know I have no experience, but I'm about to be this phenomenal teacher and it's going to look like it did on daddy daycare. And it's about to be none of that. These children are going to devour you the first chance that they get. You are going to probably cry for a second. They will hurt your feelings. They will shame you. And it is okay. I will actually tell you my first teaching experience. I was totally set up by my boss. Um, I was working in an after school program. And I knew I came prepared. I knew I was ready. I was like, I'm about to do this shit. Like I had made my little lesson plans. I was ready. So I went in. I had a group. I had um, kinder through, I had elementary school. So kinder through fifth graders. And I remember the child's name, Zoe. So I had did my lesson and it was super short. Like I thought I had planned out like 10 hours. It was super short learning lesson. And I was like, wow, we were done with this in about six minutes. I was like, damn, so what are we going to do? And I had, I had them for a whole hour. And I was like, okay, let me figure this out. So I'm sitting there thinking and thinking. And Zoe raises her hand and she looks at me and she goes, um, is this what happens when you don't have a lesson plan?" oh shit she said that she totally said that and she was exactly right and ever since then i have never been caught slipping without a lesson plan because i was shamed day one but let me tell you that was my first job and i had the excitement i thought i knew everything was ready and did not and i was shamed by a fourth grader thanks zoe for that but Although we're getting these two different types of applicants, we have to look at how we're training these new teachers because it has to be different. The old way that we used to do it really doesn't work. And we used to have like these seasoned teachers and you would get somebody new and you would put the new teacher with the seasoned teacher. They would show them everything, how to do everything. We would lead them together. And then that seasoned teacher was like, nah, you don't do that. This is what you do. Let me show you how to do this. Nah, that's extra work. All right, no, let me show you how you're gonna do it this way, and it's gonna work. You used to do that, and they could be together all day for a whole week, and it was a whole mentoring session. And then they would go to their classroom, and maybe with another teacher that was, you know, had a little more experience, and it was a great thing then. But now we don't have that. Now. We have new teachers trying to teach and train new teachers, which is basically the blind leading the blind. Not working. And it's frustrating because we find ourselves doing basic things all day long. We keep showing all of the new teachers, this is how you clock in. This is where the restroom is. These are the required courses and annual training that you need this is how you find everything that you need so you can get to these courses and classes this is how you wash your hands and then you find yourself repeating that every single week because you are starting from scratch all over again it's just like you keep doing basic shit every day long and it is exhausting but we have to look at the field that we're in right now and it is a rebuilding phase we have to actually make educators now they're not falling out the sky they're not come to us with all of these years of education all these years of experience to them and a lot of them, to them it's a job and to us who's been who have been doing this for a while we are seasoned in this we are professionals this is our career I had an interview, I'm not, not interviewing, um, a um, conversation with a teacher once. And she was doing a whole bunch of griping and complaining about stuff. And she's like, oh, like this, and like this. And I'm just listening. I tuned out for a little bit. And then I tuned back in, tuned out, and tuned back in. Um, she was a newer teacher. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. And then she says, and you know what, for all of this, I can just go to Target and work. And then I just looked at her and I was like, well, if that's how you feel. Then you can go shoot for the bullseye and go follow it because I don't want to stop you. Though my rebuttal to her threw her off, I was dead serious. If you want to go to Target, you go hit that bullseye because you are insulting me right now. Because this isn't not saying that Target's not a job for some people, a career for some people, but for me. This is my career. This is what I do. This is what I enjoy doing. And you're coming in and insulting, insulting us, but I can just do something. Well, girl, go on about your way. Go on with God. We have to remember that that is how a lot of these newer people are coming in because they don't have a buy in. So we have to actually like build a bear. We have to build a teacher. We have to start all the way from scratch. And I honestly don't think it's going to get any better throughout this year. Maybe next year it'll start to get a little better. I'm really excited though to see like in five years when we look back at this and we'll say, how did we do this? I don't even honestly know how we're doing it now. I can't look back earlier today and say, how the hell did I do this? So, But I think it'll be really fascinating. To see how we rebuilt education from ECE all the way up to higher ed and what that looks like. Um, I like little things like that because I'm corny that way. But so this week, I want you guys to look at your schedule. How efficient and prepared are you for the week? Are you thinking about the holidays, the days off, Um, all of these things, these school events, things are going to help make your schedule more efficient And how are you a part of that schedule? And I want you to actually reflect on the past several years and how things have changed. Are you still doing the same shit that you were doing years ago? Because if you were, you're probably spinning your wheels going over and over the same things. You have to think outside the box and you have to be creative. So on that note, I want you guys to have an amazing week. And until next time that's it for today if you like this episode it would mean so much to me if you left a rating review and subscribe to the show i'd love to hear from you you can visit my website which is in the show notes to contact me and i hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon